This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Neglect from those in Washington, D.C. That's what we'll be discussing on the show today. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Walker Wildman, your host here. Glad to be with you this Saturday afternoon. Glad to be with you on the show today. Exposing Washington is the name of the show, and American Family Radio is the network that this is airing on. Once again, glad to have everyone here on the show today. A lot of content to cover, as usual. Almost too much content to cover. Uh, But before we get started, let me tell you a few ways to keep up with the show. Of course, the simple, easy way to keep up with the show is just to visit AFR.net. That's our website, AFR.net. And if you go to our website, AFR.net, you can listen live to American Family Radio, and you can listen to past Shows. I think we have up to a 30-day archive for most shows. So you can, and then for Exposing Washington that only airs once a week, we have uh, a couple months of shows uh, going back two or three, maybe four months. So AFR.net, and you can uh, listen to Exposing Washington podcasts there. Just click on the podcast link. Or you can listen to any other show, most of the other shows that you hear on American Family Radio. Lastly, I'm on social media. YouTube uh, is Exposing Washington on YouTube, the Exposing Washington channel on YouTube. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Just type in my name, Walker Wildman, on Facebook or Twitter and uh, follow me there and keep up with what's going on here at AFA, AFR, and on Exposing Washington. Before we jump in to some news in Washington, D.C., I want to talk about this book that my good friend and co-worker Brian Fisher, a man I look up to. Actually, Brian was a mentor of mine in my latter years of college here at American Family Association. Brian Fisher hosts Focal Point each weekday on American Family Radio from 1 to 2 p.m. Central. Many of you know Brian. Brian wrote this book recently. He's been writing it actually for the last few years, but here's the book. If you're watching on YouTube, and that is the Boy to Man book, the Boy to Man book written by our own Brian Fisher. And the subtitle there is Preparing. You can't read it. It's in small text. But Preparing Your Son for Manhood is the subtext, the subtitle. The Boy to Man book, Preparing Your Son for Manhood, written by our own Brian Fisher. This is excellent, folks, and this is going to tie directly into the first topic I'm going to discuss today. But we need godly fathers across America. We need across the world, but talking about America, we need godly fathers. And the only way we're going to have consistently godly fathers is if there are some of us raise up godly young men to become godly 
leaders of their homes and fathers. So this is a this is a a a very it's this is arguably the most important issue facing it is it's the most important issue facing our country right now it's overshadowed by all the other political chatter but that is the breakdown of the traditional nuclear family the breakdown of the biblical god-ordained family one man one woman raising children raising their own children or if you want to adopt that's great too that's biblical but one man one woman inside the confines of marriage, a sacred union of marriage, being faithful to one another, living in unity. But, you know, tying right into that, tying right into Brian's book, and here's how you can get it, afastore.net, afastore.net, and I'll post a link to that on the podcast page at afr.net and on social media. But tying directly into this topic, Tucker Carlson on, on Fox News was talking, he, I mean, Tucker Carlson's focusing in on Washington, D.C., but he's he's focusing in on an area that Washington is totally oblivious to, at least they're acting like it, and that is much of the problems our country's facing is because of the breakdown of the family. All this chaos, lawlessness, disorder is is in large part because of the breakdown of the family. One man, one woman, marriage raising children together, the breakdown of that structure leads to all of the problems, virtually all of the problems we're facing today. And I want to play clip one here. This is Tucker Carlson. It's about a minute and and a half or so, maybe a little bit more. And this is, this is only a minute and a half of a 15-minute talk that Tucker Carlson gave the other night. But I want to play this, and I'll talk a little bit after it. Let's listen. Listen closely. Clip one. In many areas, women suddenly made more than men. Now, before you applaud that as a victory for feminism, consider some of the effects. Study after study has shown that when men make less than women, women generally don't want to marry them. Now, maybe they should want to marry them, but they don't. Over big populations, this causes a drop in marriage, a spike in out-of-woodlock births, and all the familiar disasters that inevitably follow. More drug and alcohol abuse, higher incarceration rates, fewer families formed in the next generation. This is not speculation. It's not propaganda from the evangelicals. It's social science. We know it's true. Rich people know it best of all. That's why they get married before they have kids. That model works. But increasingly, marriage is a luxury only the affluent in America can afford. And yet, and here's the bewildering and infuriating part, those very same affluent married people, the ones who make virtually all the decisions in our society, are doing pretty much nothing to help the people below them get and stay married. Rich people are happy to fight malaria in Congo, but working to raise men's wages in Dayton or Detroit, that's crazy. Mm. This is negligence on a massive scale. Both parties ignore the crisis in marriage. Our mindless cultural leaders act like it's still 1961. And the biggest problem American families face is that sexism is preventing millions of housewives from becoming investment bankers or Facebook executives. For our ruling class, more investment banking is almost always the answer. Hmm. They teach us it's more virtuous to devote your life to some soulless corporation than it is to raise your own kids. Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook wrote an entire book about this. Sandberg explained that our first duty is to shareholders above our own children. Hmm. That's deep right there, and, and this goes on and on. But Tucker Carlson there on Fox News presents this so eloquently and clear 
You have to read this. Look, if you don't do anything else uh, based on exposing Washington Day today, this Saturday, go and read this article. I'm going to post this article, and there's a video attached, which is what you just heard there. But this article, I'm going to post not only at AFR.net on the Exposing Washington podcast page, I'm going to post it on all of my social media accounts, and you have to read this. But but the point that we're getting at here is that Washington, D.C. and others, the people leading our country politically, financially, morally, they have totally neglected the family. The family has been falling apart in our country for the past 50 years, and the people leading our country don't care about it. They don't care about it. They're doing nothing to help rebuild America's families. And to and to the point there, Tucker Carlson's talking about how, you know, we're glad to help other countries rebuild their societies, their families, and, you know, fight these various causes overseas when our own country is crumbling physically, spiritually, morally crumbling. And this is this has to be addressed. And it's the soul, it's the duty first of of the body of Christ in America, the American church, if you will, the church in America, the body of believers in America that live here. It's our responsibility to promote, encourage, and uplift families and encourage faithfulness inside the bonds of marriage. This is this is a huge task that must be done and then from that the fruit will come but we have to do this you know raising children is is one of the fir- is is one of the primary forms of discipleship you know we have these various you know small groups in our church and 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 those are great you know you have sunday school and things like that Th- that's great the bible studies that's all very biblical very good but we don't need to forget that when we go home after work, when we go home after church, that's where discipleship should begin. That's where discipleship should begin. And then from that, if we would like to disciple others outside of our home, that's great too. But let's not neglect the first and primary form of discipleship, and that is the family structure, starting with the father as the head of the household and that is key we cannot shy away from the fact that the man is the head of the household and the man should be submitted to Christ's authority over his home and following and uh, leading his family in that manner so uh, I know that's not really about what's going on in Washington but it is at the same time it is. If we want to, if we would like to make a difference in Washington, we have to rebuild our families so that we can affect change in Washington. Moving on into the topic of illegal immigration, you know, President Trump has said, and he's done it. Thankfully, he said, "I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to sign budget bills." Unless they fund the border wall, unless we secure our southern border. And I've said all along, I've said this for months, years, 
that President Trump, the only way he's going to get border wall funding to secure our southern border is if he shuts down the government. The Democrats will not negotiate. They will not play nice unless you force their hand. How do you force their hand? You shut down the government and you tell them, I'm not opening it. I'm not signing any bills until you give me the money to secure America's sovereignty, to secure America's borders. President Trump is doing just that. He has to do this. This is not about a political campaign, a political promise that he made in 2016. This is about whether we are going to secure our border and start repairing our country, our broken country, or whether we're going to continue to have open borders, continue to allow crime, drugs, and illicit activity to flow into our border, into our country, and continue to tear down America's sovereignty and tear down America's greatness. You know, the, the, the safety and security of our country is at stake here. That's what this is about. The president understands this. President Trump, this past week, on Wednesday, brought in Republican and Democrat leaders. By the way, the Republican leaders, the, the Republican leadership on this has been weak. The Republican leadership on this has been weak. I'm talking Kevin McCarthy. I'm talking Mitch McConnell and others. Yeah, they go out on national television. They say the right things. They say, we need a wall. We need border security. But they're weak. They're weak. For example, Kevin McCarthy comes out of the White House on Wednesday, does a little press conference, and he's so nice and so soft-spoken and so, you know, tame. No, this is serious, Kevin McCarthy. Show a little, a little emotion here. Show a little fight. That's why Americans, that's why conservatives are tired of feckless leadership in Congress, specifically Republicans, because they're so weak. They're too nice. This is a battle for America's sovereignty, and we're out here talking all nice. No, let's get tough. Let's get tough, Republican leaders. Support President Trump in this endeavor. Endeavor. I digress. Moving on here. I want to play, first off, I want to play clip two. This is Senator Lindsey Graham, and he's being asked by Sean Hannity, is President Trump going to keep up this fight? What would you recommend? What would you tell President Trump? This is clip two. Let's listen. Well, let me tell you how our government works. Any bill passed from the House has to come to the Senate. It has to get 60 votes. And for it to be signed in the law, the president has to sign it. He's not going to sign a bill that doesn't have money for the wall. i tell you exactly how this is going to end. The president is going to challenge the Democrats to compromise. And if they continue to say no, they're going to pay a price with the American people. Most Americans want to do two things. They want to secure our border, and they want to be reasonable to the people like the DACA population. If he gives in now, that's the end of 2019 in terms of him being an effective president. That's probably the end of his presidency. There you have it. That's uh, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina there. And, you know, along the same lines, in that, and, and Lindsey Graham's correct, if President Trump caves on this, and and drops this fight, I don't see how he gets reelected. And this is not, might I remind you, this is not about reelection. This is not about reelection. Reelection might be a byproduct 
of this. But but these this stuff in Washington is not about getting reelected. And that's the problem with Washington. They make decisions solely based on whether they, it will make them get reelected or not. That's not what this should be about. Because then you're basing it on feelings. That's what voting at the ballot box is. It's feelings. Americans largely vote based on feelings. How they feel about the economy. How they feel about national security. That's unfortunate. Your, your voting should be based on fact, not feelings. But, you know, we can't keep making decisions based on whether we're going to get reelected or not. That's the problem with the Republican Party. But nonetheless, President Trump, I would agree. If he does not get the border wall funding, there's, there will be no energy behind a 2020 election. There will be no energy behind a 2020 election. But back to this meeting at the White House, Republicans, Democrats at the White House. This is according to Fox News. The just this is quoting directly from the news story. Just five or six seconds into the briefing. Democratic Senate Majority Leader, well, Minority Leader, might I add, Chuck Schumer, leaned over to Nancy Pelosi, now the House Speaker, and suggested that she interrupt the DHS Secretary, Kirsten Nielsen. And Pelosi did. Pelosi interrupted Kirsten Nielsen five seconds into her presentation on why we need a barrier at the southern border, why we need border security, and Kirsten Nielsen was also trying to update the the congressional leaders in the White House on the crime, the cartels, the drugs, the trafficking going on at the border. But the Democrats don't want to hear anything about it. You know why the Democrats don't want to hear the facts? Because they don't like the way it sounds. They don't like the facts. Because the facts are tough. The facts are hard. And the Democrats don't want to hear it. That's why in the White House, two weeks ago, President Trump had Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer in the Oval Office on national television. And President Trump is making the case for border security, a border wall, border fence, whatever on earth you want to call it. Fence, wall, barrier, I don't care. You know, at this point, I don't even care if it's a chain link fence, but it better be a tall one and it better have barbed wire at the top and it better be two layers thick. If you're not going to do a border wall, a concrete wall, then it better be a darn good fence. But whatever you want to call it, President Trump was was talking about the need for this barrier. And Nancy Pelosi said, well, we, we just need to take this conversation off mic. We just need to take this conversation off camera because she didn't want to hear the the truth. And speaking about the truth, this is President Trump clip three on how even the Vatican, where the Pope stays, where the Pope lives, how even the Vatican has a wall. Clip three, let's listen. When they say the wall's immoral, well, then you better do something about the Vatican because the Vatican has the biggest wall of them all. Uh, the wall is immoral. Look at all of the countries that have walls. And they work 100%. It's never going to change. A wall is a wall. All right, well, there you have it. So that's... President Trump and, you know, the media and others are trying to say, you know, and, and Nancy Pelosi said this at first. Walls are immoral. A border wall is immoral. That's no, that's not true. First off, the Democrats cannot preach to me. About what's moral and what's not. 
The Democrats are the party of immorality. They are the party that champions immorality. And Nancy Pelosi is trying to set the stage and act like she's the, the arbiter of morality. That she's, she sets the terms of what's moral and what's not. She doesn't. Almighty God sets the stage, sets the terms for what's moral and what's not. The Bible sets the stage, sets the tone, sets the truth straight as to what's moral and what's not. A border wall is absolutely moral. As a matter of fact, I would go as far to say not having a secure border, not having having a sovereign nation is immoral. Why is that, you say, Walker? Because it puts the citizens of the sovereign nation at risk. And the one of the main duties of government is to protect its citizens. So by no wall, no border security, you are putting American citizens at risk. That is immoral. But moving on here, staying on this subject, President Trump must keep up the fight, must hold firm, and I predict that this is going to be a long shutdown. The reason I predict this is going to be a long shutdown is because, to the Democrats' credit, politically, they're fighters. They're fighters. They'll hold, they'll hold this fight out for months, I predict. So I don't know what's going to give here. I don't know when this shutdown's going to end. I don't know when President Trump's going to get his border wall funding, but something's going to have to give. Something is going to have to give. I think historically the longest government shutdown is 20-something-odd days where we're on day 12, and there is no end in sight. There is no end in sight. But back to the solution here, you know, I really think in reality the only way that the Democrats give in here, the only way that President Trump and the American people get our border wall is if the Democrats start to feel the heat, start to feel the pressure from the American people. If they start to get phone calls into their offices, emails into their offices, letters into their offices, that it's time to put politics aside, secure our country, and move on. That's the only way I think that this is going to end. President Trump must stand firm. And, you know, Lindsey Graham in the clip a few minutes ago talked about, you know, President Trump needs to counteroffer and, and, you know, put DACA on the table or some kind of amnesty on the table. You know, I'm not so sure. First off, the Democrats have already said they don't even want to negotiate. They don't even want to negotiate. You could give the Democrats the world and they don't even want to negotiate. But I, I'm really not a fan. At this point in the game, I'm really not a fan of amnesty. Now, I understand Washington operates based on compromise and meeting in the middle. But to me, it just seems so wrong, so immoral, if we want to take from Nancy Pelosi, to reward people who have broken in to America's borders, to award people for breaking into our country it just, to me, it seems wrong, objectionably wrong, objectively wrong, to reward people with some form of American legality or citizenship after what they've done. 
Now, I understand in reality, are we going to be able to deport millions of these illegal immigrants? That would be a tough task. It's not impossible, might I add. It's not impossible. But most people say, most reasonable people say that there's going to have to be some kind of compromise. You have to figure out what to do with the people in our country illegally. My low compassion side of me says that they should be eligible for deportation immediately. Immediately. You broke into the country, you get sent back. If you want to come back in legally, then you can do that. But you can't stay. You can't stay. That's one option. That's one option. Democrats aren't going to go for that, but that's one option. The other option is to provide some form of amnesty or some kind of program where the illegal immigrant can work towards legalization, citizenship, uh, but it better be a tough road to hoe. It better be a tough road to hoe because, you know, the American people aren't going to be happy if the criminal illegal aliens are giving citizenship or some form of citizenship and amnesty after what they've done to breach our border. The American people are not going to be happy with that. So President Trump, I say all that to say this, very complicated issue, at least when it comes, it's not complicated on the border, we've got to build a wall. But very complicated issue when it comes to what to do with the people who are in our country illegally. But all I'm going to say is this, President Trump better be careful cutting deals with the Democrats on amnesty. President Trump better be careful cutting deals with the Democrats on amnesty because if he's not careful, he will upset the American people in large by giving some form of amnesty to illegal immigrants. So President Trump better tread carefully here, but he's doing an excellent job on this, on, on this wall fight, and he needs to keep it up. Two more things before we wrap up the show. The first thing is that President Trump nominated, renominated a lady by the name of Kai Feldblum. Kai Feldblum, she was uh, nominated to head up the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in Washington, D.C., and she is largely, largely out and proud anti-religious liberty, anti-First Amendment. She's made, made statements about how it would be hard for her in a case when religious liberty is up against the homosexual sexual deviancy agenda, how she could see religious liberty winning. She would have a hard time seeing the First Amendment and religious liberty winning. That's Kai Feldblum. We've been asking the Trump administration not to renominate her. Kai Feldblum has no, no place serving in our federal government with her unconstitutional views. President Trump must not renominate Kai Feldblum. Well, that's it for Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back for more next week of Exposing Washington. In the meantime, stay tuned to American Family Radio.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.